been reading through, reading through Corinthians. You know, in Second Corinthians, Paul here when he's he's going through and he kind of he's talking about. He gives his exhortations. He's telling him about this and telling him about that, and he's pretty nice to him. And he gets down here to Second Corinthians chapter number ten, and he he switches his tone a little bit. And he says, "Look, I'm going to start talking a little bit rough here." And he's going to change some things. And before I get, what he gets, Paul, what I notice he gets a little upset about, he gets upset about false doctrine. If you read through that. And he calls it out and he gets a little upset and he gets changed in his heart and the way he speaks. And this word pops up here and I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but, uh, for second Corinthians chapter number 10 says, now Paul, now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. There's a three-point BBB outline if you're going to preach something. I mean, I'm not as good to do that as some other preachers. I mean, my, my brother-in-law, he is a master at preaching all the same BBB, and his subpoints got BBB, and the, his subpoints got points that got BBB in it. I mean, he's good at it. I can't do it, praise God. they got to be right there written out in the, in the book for me to do it. Amen. But He says, but I beseech you that I might not that I may not be bold when I am present with you, the confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of, think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. You know, he's a little bold here in these previous chapters. You know, he goes down there and he says, for the weapons of our, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And he goes on a little bit further, casting down imaginations in verse number 5 and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on the things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is in Christ, let him think of himself this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. So he's getting a little bit just... Right? Gets to verse number 8. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority which the Lord hath given to us for edification and not for your destruction. There's the key in, in preaching. You know, not try to just tell somebody and edify and try to just tear them down, not for your destruction, but though you don't want to edify them. I'm not just trying to beat you down and beat you down and beat you. No, I'm trying to lift you up. I'm trying to help you out. That's what he said. That I may not seem as if I would, in verse number 9, terrify you by letters. Look, I'm going to say some things here. Paul's saying that this, this might offend you. In verse number 10, For his letters say that they are weighty and powerful. His, body present, his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. Heard that word this morning. After I heard that word, I said, Thank you, Lord. I guess I'm going to preach the right thing. And I was so worried. I was like, you don't hear that word contemptible that much. So actually I went home and I said, well, let me just see if how, how often it is in Scripture. So I went there and I looked through my Strong's Concordance three times in Malachi, one time in 2 Corinthians. That's it. And you know what contemptible is? Referring to how Paul was preaching. This is referring to how Paul was preaching the Word of God. Contemptible. I don't like what you're saying, oh judge. You better close your mouth or I'm going to have you in contempt. It's contemptible. They didn't like it. They didn't like how Paul was preaching like that. He goes in there and even says in 2 Corinthians eleven six, 6. says, Though I be rude in speech, yet knowledge, but we have been thoroughly manifest among you in all things. says he was rude in speech, his preaching. Contemptible. 
rude. Wasn't easily received. Maybe he was a little bit rough. He gives you an example of that, and I'll just I'll just read it to you. There's the example, Second Corinthians, right? And it just says he keeps going as he's closing the scriptures, as he's closing his passage. In Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse number five says, "Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates?" <laughs> well, that was nice. But I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates. And that's a little rough just to close a letter. Would you agree? Yeah. He even goes on further. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 10. Therefore I write these things being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness. <laughs> so now we got contemptible, rude, and sharpness. That's good preaching. You know what I mean? But that's Paul's speech. Amen. Sometimes, I mean, I need that. I listen to uh, Pastor Farley a lot. J.D. Acres Baptist Church. Anytime Farley's going to preach something, I'm going to listen. Because he's, he's sharp. I don't need a little fluffy preacher. Tell me how good I'm doing. Amen? I don't need it. I know what I am. I know where I came from. I know what I ought to be. And I haven't arrived there yet. But he says, Lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. He goes in here to talk about these and this... What starts to set him off a little bit is just this false doctrine creeping into this church. False things. It says, would to God, in verse in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, would to God that you would bear with me a little in my folly. And he's going to go in, and what he's going to go in through all this, he's going to go into his great deal of boasting, where he goes through and he gives like a, a little testimony of all the things that he went through. But before he gets to that, he starts mentioning off these things. It's important that I mention this before we go into that in the sermon. I mean, it is. It sets his whole mood for it. In Second Corinthians chapter 11, Would to God that you would bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealous. For I have espoused to you one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest any means, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. There's another three-point outline for you. Serpent, subtlety, and simplicity. You know, that's how all false doctrine starts out. You know, it sounds good, don't it? That's how it started over there in the garden. Eve just probably shouldn't have been hanging out over there. And you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's just, it just sounded really good. You know, you ain't going to surely die. I mean, you can't be as God's. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. But it ain't quite what God said. But it was subtle. It was subtle. Sounded good. Looked good. That's how it all starts out. 
Well, isn't what God says. But it gets you thinking. Somebody says, you know, well, you know what, that, that'll get me thinking. I remember when we went up there to Joe Brown, I was with Joe Brown, we went up to that creation museum up there before it took new owners. <clears throat> I seen this book on Job. And uh, I love the book of Job. I like reading it. It's just, it's amazing to me that that was the first book and all that the devil has. By the way, the devil don't like you. He don't want you to tell anybody about Christ. In fact, he just wants to destroy you and your whole family. This message was hard to put through. Devil is that, I mean, devil hates you. Devil don't like this church. Devil ain't at the rock and roll show. He's right here in this church. He is. Don't forget that. But I was up there and I was reading on the book of Job. You read through the book of Job, you find out just a whole lot about, about the devil. And this guy's up there and he tells me, he says this one thing and I, and it, and it struck out to me and I was up there with, with Pastor Joe and, uh, he says, Elihu, you know, Elihu, he didn't have to get forgiveness. Job said he had to pray for your other friends. And this guy says this, he says, you know why Elihu didn't have to have forgiveness? Because he was full of the devil and God wasn't going to forgive him because he was full of the devil. I'll tell you what, brother, it sounded good. And he put a whole lot more other pieces to it. And I went, I was like, man, that sounds almost believable. And we're, we're going home and me and Joe's talking. He goes, what you, what you think about Mike? And I go, I'm thinking about this and that. And I said, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't sound right, but it sounded good. Sounded believable. And I thought about it, but you know what I did? So I went home. <laughs> I go, I'm going to find out what this guy's thinking. About three, four hours, I sat there and I just started reading through Job. I called up Joe Brown. That guy's wrong. <laughs> he goes, I knew you. That's what you was going to do. What you got, Mike? He goes, I already knew the guy was wrong. I just want to know what you was going to do. Because <laughs> he got his past anyhow. But you got to study. It's one thing to be a Bible believer. Amen. But I like what Brother Sam Gibbs said. He goes, man, I see Bible believers all the time. But are you a Bible reader? Yea, hath God said. That's where a lot of that false doctrine comes in. That's the importance of reading your Bible. Not following after some spiritual guru because you didn't study your Bible. It'll happen. You don't study your Bible. You don't read your Bible. You don't care to take that time. Somebody else comes in here and says something. You go, hey, man, well, that's pretty good. I'll just believe what that guy says because, well, then I don't have to do that. I don't have to study it for myself. Maybe it's too meaty. Paul wrote that about the Corinthians. He says, you know what? I, I fed you with milk. You know why I fed them with milk? Because they were carnal. You know what I found out about you know what you know what I know about carnal people when I'm when I'm carnal let's just say that right now when I'm carnal you know what I know about me when I'm carnal I don't read my Bible you know what I'm doing carnal things please my flesh I don't do it somebody might say something when I'm being carnal and I'm like hey man that sounds good I'm probably going to use that because yeah, man I'm YouTube and stuff or whatever insert whatever you're not doing. That you should be doing. Pleasing the Lord. It'll creep in on you. And the devil knows. He'll use that thing to keep you from serving the Lord. The devil's good at it. But I like what it says there. It says, 
the simplicity. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, when I got saved, it was... It's pretty simple. This is the track that Rocco Shanks gave me. I still got it. It's precious to me. And it's titled, God's Simple Plan of Salvation. He must be born again. John 3.16 Telling that to a religious leader. Old Nicodemus. You know what? you got to get saved. you got to get born again. you got to have a spirit that's in you that's not of your own, that Christ is going to give you because He died for your sins. you got to repent. It's all simple stuff. We like to, people like to complicate, complicate those things, don't they? You ever notice that? Especially amongst false doctrine. They're gonna, they're gonna make some obscure passage, some weird doctrine thing and make it just, well, that doesn't really, that's not very simple. What are you doing? That ain't right. And when I got saved, it's pretty simple. I called upon the name of the Lord, knew that I was a sinner, knew that I was gonna go to hell. And without Jesus Christ, I was damned. This is as simple as Jesus God Bible. He that hath the Son, he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. What does that mean? It means, he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. means Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by Him. It's pretty simple. But you find somebody that's going to just try to complicate things. Just try to make it weird. For if he that cometh preaching another Jesus, whom we have not preached... Or if you receive another spirit which we have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, ye might bear well with him. Bear well with him. You know what another Jesus preached? Another spirit. Another gospel accepted. You know what? It's just not that simple, it's complicated. Turn over there to Ephesians 4.11. Just a couple books over. Hold your place there. And this riled him up. This riled Paul up. He spoke about it a lot. Ephesians 4.11 says, And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's a goal. There's a goal for you. And here it is, verse number 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, 
to and fro. That pops up a lot in Job with the devil. Carried about with every wind of doctrine. Genesis 2.7 says, God breathed. Man, man became a living soul. Just as that wind goes. John 20, John 20, 22 says, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And Jesus blew on him. But there's other spirits that are out there that don't want you to do nothing for the God. And they'll do everything they can to trip you up, to hinder you, to where you ain't listening, to where you're not sure who you're listening to. Amen? We'll just keep reading. He goes in there and talks about unity. Verse 16, from the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. We've, <clears throat> according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying itself in love. That's the best definition, in my opinion, of unity in your Bible. <clears throat> this I say, therefore, verse number 17, testifying the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. That goes back into that corrupt mind is what he's talking about. A corrupt heart. You know what's in a lot of people's hearts when they're trying to teach that stuff. Or what's in their heart for it. When I got saved, one of the most most important verses, that thou shalt believe in thine heart and shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, for with the mouth, confession is made, and with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. But thou shalt believe in thine heart. That heart has always been very important to me. That Bible says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And you read through all that scripture, and people just having a bad heart. Bad heart to a heart towards God, bad heart towards people. Approaching God with an idol in their heart. I mean, man, you can end up bad for you. I don't want a corrupt mind. And I sure don't want blindness of heart, and I don't want a corrupt heart. Am I making sense? Paul didn't want it either. Paul didn't want it for his people. Paul didn't want it for all these churches that he was going to. He loved them. In verse number 19, Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. And then he says right here, If so be that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him. We just sang a song in there that says taught me. You know, that's where the best teacher is going to be. It ain't going to be me. It's going to be this book. Amen. The Holy Ghost is going to teach you. The Spirit of God's going to teach you. You got to get in this book. I mean, the preacher give you something good. Oh, that was pretty good. But I'd rather have something God. Amen. He's the one that's helped me. But what are you listening to? If so be that ye have heard him, what are you listening to? 
Verse 27 says, neither give place to the devil. I mean, right there in Ephesians. Neither give place to him. You know, devil, he likes to complicate things. Here the devil is associated with your walk with God and hindering in the ministry. Turn back over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter number 11, and he goes right back into this. <clears throat> Verse number 13, he says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. I mean... I never really took that into context, just how Paul says that. Never really just kind of stood out. But he says, for such are, verse number 13. Just the way it is, for such are. False apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostle of Christ. Verse 14, and no marvel. (laughs) This ain't nothing new. This happens all the time. <laughs> no marvel. I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> Therefore, it's no great thing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's verses in Scripture that, I mean, I think the Lord just, when I said, you know, that verse scares me, the Lord says, here, I'm going to give you a couple more. <laughs> Let me give you something else to worry about. Better keep in your Bible. Better keep in your Bible. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. Better watch. Better read. Better pay attention. It's not a new thing. It happens all the time. Hypocrites pretending to be something that they're not. It's like Satan. Satan imitates God. Great imitator. Imitates him in his worship. He wants to be God. Imitates him that he's anointed. You know what else the devil's good at? He's good at just quoting the scripture. He quoted better than anybody in here. And I I don't need to bet on that. I know that. Better than any preacher, better than any pastor. He can quote that scripture. He knows that book front to back. And he'll manipulate that thing in any way he can. Add a word, subtract a word, get you to believe this. He's a prince. Copycat. He's a lion. Just like, just like the Lord. The tribe of Judah said, no, he's a roaring lion going around seeking to whom he may devour. The serpent. John three, fourteen, I think it is. It says, look up at look him up. Christ be lifted up. There he was. You look up at that serpent, and now you're gonna get healed. Christ putting himself as the most disgusting thing as that serpent, sin on that cross. 
most disgusting thing he could figure out. Just like Moses lifted up that serpent. All they had to do was look at that serpent and, I'm healed! Praise the Lord for the cross. Just a copycat. In verse 15, you got phony ministers. And in verse 16, he says, I say again, let no man think of me a fool. If otherwise it is a fool, receive me that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. You know, this confidence of boasting, this glorying after the flesh. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10 and verse 12, you don't have to turn there, but I'll just read it. He says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with the sum. Compare ourselves with the some that committed themselves, but by they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Well, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> we'll just quote the last part. And comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. He says, you know what? I'm just going to boast a little bit since these little false teachers you got been doing this thing. He says, you know what? I'm just going to do it a little bit too. That's what these guys been doing. And, and he gets to this... <laughs> Verse number 18, seeing that ye may glory after the flesh, I will glory also. Verse number 19, for ye suffer fools gladly, seeing that yourselves are also wise. Boy, that's about one of the most sarcastic verses I've ever read in Scripture. I actually put LOL right by it. <laughs> I mean, if that isn't Bible sarcasm, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's being... And what he's going to do in here is he's going to start boasting of all these things that happened to him as a fool. Don't forget that. Because he says it over here, he's going to refer to it as his foolish in verses 11.16, which I'm not going to go to, 12.6, 11.23 and 11.21. He also says these are just, it's foolish that I'm doing these things. Verse 21. 21 through 23, he says he's going, to, he's going to mention a lot of the dangers that happened to him. The beatings he suffered. The perils. And even the cares. He says, I speak, verse number 21, I speak as concerning reproach, as though I had been weak. Howbeit, wherein soever he is bold, I speak foolishly, am I bold also? Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. So here he's going to talk about that's his flesh. That's who he was. That's who his genealogy. Are they ministers of Christ? Now he's going to get into the ministry. All these things that he suffered just being a minister of God. Minister of Christ. I speak as a fool. Don't forget that. He's just boasting. Being a fool. He's already covered that numerous times in the last chapter, and he covers it even more in the next chapter, in chapter number 12. But I will say this these things, the title of the message is Turn Your Perils into Pearls. These things happen to him. And if it wasn't for a lot of these things that happened to him, his faith wouldn't have been increased. That's it in a nutshell. Putting up with a lot of stuff. In stripes above measure, am I more in laborers more abundant? In stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. 
Thrice I was, was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. And journeyings often. And perils of waters. And perils of robbers. And perils by my own countrymen. And perils by the heathen. And perils in the city. And perils in the wilderness. And perils in the sea. And perils among false brethren. And weariness and painfulness. And watchings oft. And hunger and thirst and fastings often. And cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily. The care of all the churches. That's what Paul really cared about. Who is weak and I... And I am not weak. Who is offended and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things which concern mine infirmities. You know what that precious stone is is to an oyster? Or you know what a pearl is? That pearl that's inside that oyster, you know what that is? That's an infirmity. And it just sits there inside. Paul had a lot of these infirmities. He went through a lot of these things. I think it's kind of like Joshua when he was, Joshua said, he's stacking stones. What meaneth these stones? When they cross that Jordan and he's stacking up all these stones. What meaneth these stones? It was for a memorial that God delivered you and got into the, over there. I think a lot of these things right here with Paul were precious stones for him. My opinion. Granted, he did both of us a fool. I'm going to tell you what, if you've got something that you're going to go through in life, you're going to have to have one little pearl of thing where the God just helped you out in something and God's going to get you through it again. And God did it time and time and time over again for Joseph. He did it over for Paul. We just read all those perils and perils and dangers and dangers. And it was infirmities. And he buried. it. Paul saying, I'm not going to glory in these things of the flesh. But without a doubt, God got him through it. Got him through them all. There's no way he could look back on all these things and say, you know what, I did that. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Just flex a little bit harder, buddy. <laughs> you know, shipwreck. A serpent bites him. All the things he went through. I mean, there's no doubt here, Paul had a lot of personal injuries from this that were outwardly seen. Verse number 24 of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. That's 195 times. Five times with that, that tail. One. 195 times. I'll just say, Bradley, I don't want to go through none of that. But if you ever have to, you're going to, you're going to need the Lord. The Lord and His pearls. He was stoned. 
Verse number 25, Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. When they stoned him, I don't ever want to experience that. He said they all, they all stoned him over there at Lystra. I think it's what it was, Acts 14, 16. It says they all stood around, thought he was dead, all the disciples. They just stood up. <laughs> wow, guess you was just knocked out. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, all that stuff he went through. That's part of his testimony, too. He wasn't just bragging on it, though. He knew God got him through all that. I see that Paul had it. In this pearl, he had an inward affection. And he loved the church. All those things were just... Why? Because he loved people. He loved God. Second Corinthians 11.28 Beside those things which are... Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. That's what really bugged him. Amen? That's why pastor comes here. Say, preacher, what are you doing? Because he loves you. Man, shouldn't you be resting? He is now. But he loves everybody here. I mean, you know his guts. I mean, and my guts get all turned out when I come up here preaching. I can't imagine having go with he went through getting up here and then your guts really turned inside out and get up here preaching. I mean, man, you really got some infirmities then. Amen. But Paul prayed for him daily. You can't get away from him. Paul's saying he prayed for him daily. I like old brother Dennis. He calls me from time to time. He calls me, anyhow, I'm on his prayer list. I won't tell you what number I am. He's always got these people on number, number, on numbers, but I'm just happy somebody's praying for me. Amen. <laughs> I don't care if I'm number 100. I just, I'm getting prayed for. <laughs> but he prayed for him. He boasted of him. Boasted of the people. Boasted of the church. Even some of these other ones in 1 Corinthians. Even the carnal ones. You know what? They're going to get right. Paul was like that. It was an inward affection he had. He worried about him. Doctrine. You read through that? I mean, Paul didn't have any problem calling people out either. He said, I delivered those guys unto Satan. Why? Because they teach something different on the resurrection. Don't have no fellowship with them. You're like, ooh. Second Timothy chapter 2. Read it. He worried about him. Prayed for him. Didn't want anybody else creeping in there and destroying them. That's why it's important to read your Bible. He thanked God for him daily. He called him his crown and joy. Even like we sang in that song earlier, the, the rotten ones. The vilest of sinners who truly believe. That was Paul. He go preach to those guys. How about us? Will we do that? I'm going to have to skip some of this. 
Colossians 3.2 says, Set your affections on the things above, not on the things of this earth. How often we think of God and His Word. What are we thinking about? All the times that He delivered us. I will say this, He spoke as a fool, but you know what? doesn't sound like He forgot too many of the times God delivered Him. I mean, this is, even though He says it's, it's written down as, as I'm speaking as a fool, this is in the written Word of God. This is profitable. And he didn't forget the times that God had delivered him. All the times he spoke to us in his word, when he taught us, as that song said. If so be that you've taught by him, Ephesians says. What's he taught you lately? It's always just when you needed it. You ever just been reading your Bible there and you get to some point and you're like, okay, I'm going to stop. And then you go, I'll read one more verse. And it's always like a, Lord has got you. (laughs) Oh, man. Then you're up for another hour. (laughs) Has that happened yet? If it hasn't, maybe you should, maybe check your heart. Maybe read your Bible a little more. Maybe go back to where he was talking to you. I say this because I love you. Hey, I'm not saying this like Paul said for destruction, but for edification. I go back to a lot of passages where that spoke to my heart dearly. I, as pastor goes to Romans 12, I'll go to Second Kings 5, you know, or Luke 24. Everybody's got some favorite passages and new verses that speak out to you, like like this one, Second Corinthians, just kind of stood out to me. How important is that false doctrine? creeps in. He's going to boast himself of it. Do you ever just thank Him and praise Him for it? His Word. How good He's been to you. i got to wrap this up. Some people's infirmities are an inward infection. they got a sin problem. Or they got a heart problem. They're chastened. They don't want to deal with it. When most people would come up and you see some of these perils and perils and perils, they'll think, you know what? They get bitter at it. They blame somebody else for it. They don't want to put up with it. They get a bad heart. Get a bad mindset. Might even get pushed away from God. Or just withdraw themselves from Him. But Paul, he's always wanted to draw closer in those times. Joseph, all he had was the Lord in those times. Sometimes all Paul had was the Lord in those times. That inward infection, the glory in their works. They say, look what I did, not what God did.
Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your... Well, you got to keep your heart focused on Him. You've got to keep your heart focused on God. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against Thee. You know what? You've got to hide it on the inside. Just like that pearl. That pearl... And what is eventually going to grow a little bit? You know, you keep feeding yourself with the Word of God. You know what starts to grow? You know, I was reading on those pearls. You know what that pearl starts out? A lot of people said it started from a piece of sand. But they come to find out it starts with a piece of food. Amen? Piece of food. Piece of honey. A little bit of milk. A little bit of meat. A little bit of water. And you feed that thing. What you hungry for? Is it growing in you? That inward growth. And all these things happened to Paul. All these things, the weariness, the perils, and all those things happened. And Paul's not going to say, you know what? I'm not just going to exalt my flesh in this thing. But all this is for Achan just so they can see the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 5. I'm trying to hurry up. I apologize. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity <clears throat> every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know what? He ain't trying to feed his flesh. As he was over there, you know, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, gave me a thorn in the flesh, lest I be exalted above measure. That's what he goes on to quote there next in chapter number 12. But he says, you know what? I, I wanted my his faith got increased. You know, that's what I kind of want. My faith increased. You know, I wish I could have went out there on the mission field a little bit. I didn't get to grow up in the church. I wish I could have sent my kids out there. I've known pastors that started churches, pastors that have moved all the way across the street down to Houston. But you don't even have to do have that. You could just have the faith just to give somebody a track. Paul says here in Second Corinthians chapter number ten, for we but we still but we will not boast of things without our measure. You know what? That's a growth. That's a measure. But according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reached not unto you, for we are come, for we are come as far to you as also in preaching the gospel of Christ. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased. 
that ye shall be enlarged by according to our rule abundantly. <clears throat> to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. That's what he says before he goes into all his boasting. He says, you know, I'm saying glory in the Lord. For, for not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. You know, Paul said, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. You know what? People still need to hear about that cross. And I skipped past a lot of this because just for sake of time. But that's all Paul was just trying to do. Just get more people to the Lord. Telling people about how Jesus died and rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. That He was buried rose again, bore that for our sins, you know what, you can look at Him and live. You can call upon His name. And it will be worth it all. What profit a man if he shall have gained the whole world but lose his own soul? What about that? Would you give somebody your pearl? Would you be willing just to take maybe just a little piece of you, a little piece of your infirmity, and just go up and hand it to somebody? You don't even have to tell them how you got saved. Paul always did. But I got this track. Just minding my own business. I'm another guy. I've told the story many times. Changed my life. Never in a million years would I have ever thought, Mike, the Lord's going to call you to preach. <laughs> yeah, right. The Lord's going to save you. You know what, Mike? You're, you're going to quit drinking and drugging and doing all those bad things that you was doing. And you know what? I'm going to put you in a, in a church over here in Richfield, Washington. I say, yeah, right. <laughs> you couldn't do that in a million years. The Lord says, I don't need a million years. I just need one guy in a track and for you to believe it. For you to read it. Has he been good to you? He'd be good to the vilest of sinners out there too. Hey Amen. That was me. I don't know where y'all was. It wasn't. I didn't get to grow up in church. Don't know as I wish I did, but I do wish I'd, anyhow, my kids did. We all got struggles. Paul had to grow up in a religious family. Boy, he had to relearn some things. At no time does it, and he mentions all those bragging foolishly, all the things I went through. He don't mention Bible college. He don't mention oh, all the things I learned from the sitting at the feet of Gamil, or is that his name? He don't mention that. He had to go spend some time with the Lord and renew, relearn some things. Amen. That's what I had to do. That's what we need to do.
Amen. Would you, would you share your pearl with somebody else? Would you tell them about Jesus? The author. And we're done. And finisher. Last I checked, that's a book of our faith. Are you reading it? Are you forgetting it? Are you building on your heart those things which the Lord hath given you? Or is this just sitting over here? Are we just going to believe anything and everything else somebody else says? Rely on them. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for Paul. Lord, I thank you for your holy book of God, Lord. And Lord, just thank you for this message. Lord, thank you for teaching me. Lord, thank you for always being there for me, Lord. And I pray now, above all, Lord, you just be, be with Pastor. Lord, through the week, Lord, I pray that we just, uh, Lord, endeavor, Lord, just to, Lord, reach out to somebody with the gospel. Lord, give them a track. Lord, tell them of the great things even, Lord, that we get a chance to witness, Lord, and how good you've been to us in our lives. Lord, and changed us, changed our hearts, and changed our minds. Lord, may we seek you all the much evermore. And Lord, may we share it with the brethren when we come back next Sunday or even Wednesday. And Lord, I pray these things. Pray for our pastor, Lord, that we heal him up, Lord, even fast throughout this week, Lord, that we receive a good report of thee. Lord, we beg and plead with you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.